17 years ago, I, uh, I was invited to go to a youth conference uh, where I encountered Jesus Christ uh, for the first time in Eucharistic adoration and completely fell in love with God. I went to this conference literally living in serious sin, encountered God in the midst of my mess, perceived the infinite love of God for me, and began to desire nothing more than to spend the rest of my life with Jesus and an intentional relationship with Jesus. My greatest desire is to be a saint. I just want to abide in communion with God on earth and forever in heaven. And since I've been ordained for the past seven years, I've had a consistent message in every single assignment the bishop has given me. And that's been to invite everyone to become saints. God created each and every single one of us in this church today for no other reason than because God desires for all of us to become saints. We are called by God to be saints. We have the capacity to become saints. But one of the things I've also recognized in all of my assignments is this. Whenever I proclaim this fundamental truth of God's desire for us, a lot of people have initial resistance to it. I can't be a saint. You don't, you don't know what I've done. You don't know me, Father Josh. I, I've been coming to church for years and I'm still struggling with the same thing I was struggling with years ago. I, I think a lot of us have a misconception of what it means to abide in relationship with Jesus. A lot of us have a profound misunderstanding of what it means to be a saint. We imagine the saints who preceded us in our walk toward eternity to be men and women or boys and girls who were once sinners, who at one time in their life had bad habits, had vices, imperfections, and then they encountered Jesus and they were changed. They never sinned again. They never had any more vices. All their imperfections went away. That's just not reality. That's not the truth of about 90% of the saints who are canonized in our church. 90% of the saints struggled. They struggled with vices. They had bad habits. They had sins that they kept committing over and over and over again. And they did not become saints because they overcame all their vices or all their imperfections went away or they sinned no more. They became saints because they kept showing up to God in good times, bad, in sickness, in health, in freedom from sin or in bondage to sin. They kept showing up. And that's why they're saints. Did some find freedom? Yeah, some did. But some also did not find freedom from their bad habits or their sins. St. Teresa of Avila, she is a doctor of the church. She was a Carmelite nun. For over 20 years, as a nun, for over 20 years, she had this serious bad habit of being more concerned with the opinions of other people than God. She wanted to please other people. She wanted other people to approve of her. She wanted everybody to like her. And she chose to cling to other people's thoughts about her more than she clinged to God in prayer. 
She showed up to other people, prioritized other people more than she did God. And she was a nun. And she struggled with this for over 20 years before she finally found freedom from this particular vice. St. Philip Neri, he had a terrible habit of going off on people. He struggled with wrath. He had a very bad temper. And no matter how much he prayed or fasted for decades upon decades upon decades, he would scream at people. He would shout at people. He would lose his temper. And he didn't like this about himself. He would beg God over and over and over again, free me from this God. And he did not find freedom 20, 30, 40 years of struggle with this vice. But eventually, like Teresa of Avila, he did find freedom from this particular struggle. But some saints have never found freedom until they got to purgatory. One of my favorite saints is a man by the name of Saint Mark Yi Tai Ching. He's a saint in the 19th century from China. Uh, Mark was a doctor, he was a husband, he was a father, he was a, a, a leader in his community. He drew many people to come to know and love and serve Jesus. And then one day he got sick. He had a stomach illness. And the only medication that was appropriate at that time in his land to address his illness was opium. So he began to take opium. But he became addicted to opium. So much so that he could not go a day without using it and abusing it. He ended up losing his profession. He lost his wife. He lost his family. He lost his reputation from people in the community. And he struggled with this because he didn't want to be addicted to opium. And so he would go to mass every single day. He would pray the rosary every single day. He would fast every single day. He gave up a life of prayer and penance and he kept using and abusing over and over and over again. And the thing about him is, he died an addict. He never found freedom, and he is a canonized saint. Not because he did or didn't find freedom. He's a canonized saint because he kept showing up to God. With his bondage or without freedom, he kept showing up to his relationship with God. That, my brothers and sisters, is the life of a saint. It's a disciple who will continue to come, continue to be, continue to abide in relationship with Jesus no matter what. Jesus is sufficient. Today's second reading, the Apostle Paul tells us he had a thorn in his side. There was a thorn in his side. And he begged God, God, please remove this thorn from me. I don't want to struggle with this thorn, whatever it is. And God did not remove the thorn from his life. The thorn remained. But he continued to remain with God with the thorn in his side because God was sufficient. He wasn't in relationship with God just to be free from his bad habits. He was in relationship with God because God loved him and he loved God. So he kept showing up. If he fell down, he went to confession and got back up again and continued to walk with the Lord. Each and every single one of us in this church, we're all called to be saints, but each and every single one of us in this church, we all have our unique thorns that we wish we didn't have. 
How many of us have said, like, God, any other thorn but this? Why do I have to struggle with this thought, with this desire, with this fantasy, with this urge, with this sin? I don't want it. And yet it remains. And we pray and we fast and we have fellowship with God's people and the poorest of the poor and we serve God's people and we work for charity or justice and it doesn't seem to go away. And sometimes they do. Praise God for that. But sometimes they don't. And we praise God for that as well. Because even whenever they remain, we're invited to allow them to draw us to him, to Jesus, to abide in relationship with Jesus. So what's your thorn? Is, is your thorn, is your vice, is your bad habit that you, you don't have custody over your tongue or you don't have custody over your thumbs and you keep prioritizing social media over Jesus in prayer? What's your, what's your thorn? Is it the fact that you are more attracted to a coworker than you are to your spouse and you can't stand that about yourself? What's your, what's your thorn? Is it that you are prejudiced against people who you're not proximate to, who you're not in relationship with? What, what's your thorn? Is it that you drink too much alcohol or you're given to too much uh, pleasure of food and comfort food over and over again? What is it? Whatever it is. If it's good for your salvation, God will give you the grace to find freedom from it on earth. But if you continue to struggle, like so many of the saints who are canonized, if you continue to struggle with this year after year, that's okay. As long as you continue to imitate Paul and St. Mark Yi Tai Ching and St. Teresa of Avila and St. Philip Neri and all the many men and women saints who preceded as long as you continue to show up to God. That's what it means to be a saint, to abide in relationship with Jesus on earth and in heaven. So let us pray for the grace this week to show up, to be practical and consistent with God and to show up, to be intentional in our relationship with God in the sacrament of reconciliation and the sacred scriptures before the presence of the blessed sacrament and in service to the poorest of the poor to show up. Because if we can persevere in showing up to our relationship with Jesus now, then Jesus will give us the greatest grace, which is to remain in and abide in that relationship with him, not only now on earth, but most importantly forever in the kingdom of heaven as the saints of this generation. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at CTK is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.